Good morning, Anchor! It's the day after game day, September 22nd. I'm Rich Frazier, and this is Cockatrice Nuggets. Uh, let's start off with a couple of call-ins. Alright, so I was looking at it yesterday, it's been about two weeks since I released the podcast, which doesn't seem right, but that's because I recorded it more than a month ago. Um, so that seems about right now. Uh, I have started gaming again. Oh, thank goodness. Man, I didn't realize how much I missed this, right? Um, And there's always an excuse to not do it, but now I've got an excuse to do it, right? Um, I missed my friends that I only saw when I was gaming. Um, I missed uh, creating, even though I'm not really creating right now. I'm kind of half-ass creating. Um, Creating in the moment, I guess, right? Uh, I've got a a game of Stonehell going on, and... uh, when we started playing, it was decided that we were going to, you know, do like a one-shot or something and see how that went. Uh, just because the first week we started, everybody couldn't make it. Um, so we played Stonehell. And uh, we got into the canyon, up to the mouth of the entrance. Uh, the first level is the surface, and that is um, like basically two quadrants. And uh, they got through that. So the next session uh, came along and everybody's like, so are we doing that again? And I was like, yes, we can do that again. We can do that for years. (laughs) Um, So we got into uh, the the first quadrant of the first level. And we got maybe a quarter of the way through it. And uh, they were very excited and it's it's something new to them. Uh, We're doing it with fifth edition, so I am converting on the fly. That is the easiest to do for me. I see a lot of stuff on converting old modules and how difficult it can be and how there's conversions out there for it. But man, 5th edition's come a long way since, uh, since I don't know, Player's Handbook, I guess. <laughs> um, even with just the basic monster manual, it's so easy to convert stuff. In fact, converting monsters, I just get something, like if it's not, usually it's easy. A goblin, I replace it with a 5th edition goblin. A kobold, I place it with a 5th edition kobold, right? Even though the strengths are a little varying, that's fine. Because, again, this is this is not something that... This is something that's going to be a little more organic, right? It's going to be less... Um, less uh, by the numbers, right? It's not... I'm not doing uh, daily encounters. They're, they're judging how much they can handle and if they're going to do it or not. Um, and they've gotten crazy. They've gotten crazy and... Uh, just barreled into a room with a bunch of crap in it and uh, nearly died, you know? Uh, there was a, um, an encounter with 14 rats, and I knocked the barbarian down. Barbarian was going to die. Uh, but someone walked in there with Shatter, and hey, they're just rats, so boom. Uh, that, of course, alerted the whole dungeon. <laughs> but you, you know how that goes. Um, and uh, like I said, converting these odd monsters, um, they're an odd monster because they have a special ability. So all I have to do is tack that special ability onto a different kind of monster, and boom, I've got it, right? And I can use uh, hit dice as um, a, uh, a guide, right? Um, hit dice in old school, I'm equating to about... Um, that I'm, going, I'm going back and forth between uh, hit dice in 5e and challenge rating in 5e. 
Um, I don't know if there's a correlation between hit dice and challenge rating. I, that's interesting. I'm going to have to look at that. Um, I don't know if someone's made a spreadsheet. I'm sure someone's made a spreadsheet with all that information in it. Uh, at least just from the, the basic rules would be good. Um, otherwise, I could probably write something to scrape D&D beyond that, but that's a lot of effort. So I think that uh, uh, I'll, I'll take a look. I, you know, I think I have something like that. Anyways, I'm rambling a lot about thoughts, but I'd like to see if there is a correlation between uh, hit dice and CR. Uh, I'm sure someone's done the research as well. So we've had four sessions of this, and uh, just the last session, they explored maybe four rooms of the second level. Um, and uh, they have they've only still explored the first quadrant of the um, top level. Uh, I was using uh, uh, my whiteboards, my uh, I think they're called whiteboards, noteboard, noteboard. Um, they're about half the size of a large mat. So using two of them and using 10 foot squares, which is a little hard for combat, uh, but we, we kind of squeeze it in there. Um, I, I since added positioning because I realized how, how I was reading about how claustrophobic uh, Stonehell is and uh, I wanted to um, get that across a little more. So we started using minis and uh, it constricts the combat down a little bit and uh, it makes it a little more, um, I don't know, uh, thought provoking, uh, pin, people get pinned easier. Um, it makes combat a little more difficult, I think. Uh, it, makes it, it gives it more atmosphere as well. Uh, but anyway, so with 10 foot squares, um, it takes both of my note boards to put one quadrant on, like almost exactly. So uh, I was worried about this because of course, if they move from one quadrant to another, another I'm gonna have to erase it. Uh, and then I remembered that on the back of wrapping paper, they have one inch grids. Cause I was thinking, man, I just need to buy a roll of gaming paper, right? Um, and they're really cheap. They're only six bucks, I think. I don't even remember. They might not even be that expensive. Um, but I just, um, having a hard time spending money right now uh, because I do not have the money to spend. So anything that is superfluous, um, even though I buy superfluous things every once in a while, uh, is, um, it, it, it's kind of a no-go. So I remember this wrapping paper thing and it's working out perfectly. Um, I uh, am going to pre-cut the wrapping paper this time. I did not, I, I'm awful at prepping lately. I, I go into it just totally blank, um, which is, it's not bad, um, especially for a pre-written, um, not too complex story. Uh, but there are some times where I've been like, wow, if I would have read ahead, this would have went a little different. But anyway, so I'm going to pre-cut out some uh, sheets of wrapping paper and kind of uh, mark the corners on them or whatever and uh, have them ready. So I can just have a stack of wrapping paper there and uh, whenever they move a level, just uh, flip it over. Um, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Man, it's a lot of fun. And uh, I, I'm really happy that these guys are enjoying a dungeon crawl, right? Because this, uh, this is where the hobby started. And uh, it's, it's really interesting. The thing I'm struggling with right now is an easy encumbrance um, system. Um, I'm really thinking about using the one from Ultraviolet Grasslands. Um, I still haven't sat down and opened that and read it uh, to decide if that's what I want to use or not. Um, I, like I said, I'm 90% sure because the, uh, 
the the system that he uses is uh, based off of 5e. It's like a minimalist 5e with a bunch of different tweaks uh, to make it more uh, Luca, we'll say. Um, so I I'm very excited to uh, to get that in. Right? It doesn't matter right now because their real limiting factor is hit points and rest. Um, they're having not a tough time resting in the uh, in the dungeon. Um, a short rest in 5th edition uh, will let you uh, regain hit points with hit dice. And uh, hit dice come back on long rest. You get half your hit dice back and round it down. Um, and uh, so this gives them like a, you know, a, 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 a break to heal themselves and uh, to move on. Uh, there's only, uh, I only do one encounter roll. Um, I do use dungeon turns, but I use them a little differently. Um, I believe I've talked about this, but I have a dice pool. So I have six dice, uh, 20 ciders is what I'm using. Um, and if I roll a five or less, there's an encounter. So what I do is um, I, every dungeon turn, instead of rolling an encounter, I put a die in the dice pool, right? So that there is some pressure coming, right? And uh, there is some, uh, incentive to not fool around. And, uh, they know they, 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 they're starting to really understand, uh, the, 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 the imminent random encounter that's coming, uh, when that dice pool fills because there, it has been rare that I have not rolled an encounter. Um, five or less on six dice is pretty darn likely. Uh, there's been probably two times and those two times have been on the way back to town, uh, that they haven't gotten an encounter. Uh, Stonehell Town is about um, half a day's travel away, so that's about four hours, but I'm just rolling all six dice anyway. Um, and uh, even then, an, a wilderness encounter is a little different than a dungeon encounter. It's more easily avoided. You see it from farther away, um, so it's it's not been as relevant uh, to, to, the, um, to the overall scheme. Um, there is, uh, so some things I'm looking to add right now are, um, encumbrance. I said this already and I slipped right out of my mind. And then the next thing just slipped out of my mind. Wow. I just lost all my thought and I'm getting off on the wrong exit on the freeway. Oh, well. Um, so let's see, what else did I want to, uh, incorporate? Oh, um, I'm using the sidekick rules from uh, Dragon of Ice Spire Peak. I think that's what it's called. The the second um, uh, Fandelver box. Um, the I don't know. New, new person box. I don't know what it is. But they had sidekick rules, and uh, I like them very much. Uh, it um, It's an easy way to add an NPC without adding an entire... Um, character, just adding a stat block. Uh, they get abilities as they rank up. Uh, their ranks are basically by tiers, if I remember right. Um, there are uh, three different ones. There is a caster, who can be a mage or a cleric. There is a fighter, and there is an expert, which is a thief, um, which is a much better name for rogue, right? Sorry, we're playing fifth edition. It's a much better name for rogue than rogue, I think. An expert uh, does that very well. I think that's... Um, uh, Lamentations of the Flame Princess uses some some variation on that for rogue instead of thief or whatever. Um, so, uh, God, 
there was one more thing that I wanted to add, but I can't remember what it was. It just flew through my mind. Oh, well, it'll pop up. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm glad my players are really enjoying this. Uh, like I said, the limiting factor right now is their hit points. So they're not running out with too much. Um, they just hit the second level of the dungeon, though, and they pulled up um, six times four, so 2,400 coins. And now I'm starting to think, man, this is this is heavy, all right? This is, we're talking about if it's, um, I think, uh, I want to say 5th edition says 50, 50 coins is a pound. Um, so uh, if I can do some quick math there, which I, I don't think I can, but 50 goes into 24, um, 48 times. So that's uh, 4,800 pounds, right? Uh, no, four, 480 pounds. Uh, that's a lot. That's a lot of weight. Uh, so I, what I want is something that is um, that is uh, easily slotted, right? So um, basically what I'm looking to do is say all your equipment that you carry is free. Um, you can have one sack of coins, which holds this much, you know, in a slot, and you get this many slots based on probably strength and constitution with a minimum number of slots um, being like one or two. So the mage isn't going to be carrying anything around, really. The barbarian's probably going to be carrying something around, uh, a lot of stuff around. And um, maybe as we get further towards that um, encumbered level, there'll be a pen penalty. Um, more likely, it will be an over-encumbered penalty, just to keep it simple. So you don't have to figure out a percentage of your movement or anything like that. So I think that uh, like half movement, once you pass over-encumbered, would be a good penalty. Um, I think it will it will sometimes incentivize them to, to take something with them, um, but it also might incentivize them to leave stuff behind, right? And then, um, so far they've met probably three different groups of adventurers in here. Um, one of them was a uh, Dwarven scholar looking at the history, um, which is a set encounter in a room. Um, and the other two have been um, uh, berserkers, right? Uh, that um, they had encountered as random encounters. Um, no, one of, one of them was a set piece, but uh, the first berserker encounter, it was one berserker. So I was like, what the hell, one berserker? Why is he running around a dungeon? Well, his party got killed, of course, right? So um, they end up befriending this guy and tracking down the monster that killed his party and slaying it um, in a great fight, again, that you know, I, I pushed my characters and uh, there, was, there was some near death. One of them got swallowed by this giant lizard. Uh, very, uh, very, um, what's the word? Um, I can't remember it. Uh, uh, it's when um, you play to find out what happens and uh, you don't build your character beforehand. Anyway, I can't remember what it is. You all are screaming it right now because that is like the cornerstone of OSR gameplay. Um, yeah, emergent, emergent gameplay. There we go. Um, I'm rolling dice. I'm rolling a lot of dice, and I am interpreting those dice the best I can for um, the story that's happening, that's unrolling at the moment, and it is great. I even have one player who was like, um, you know, I don't even remember what it was, but uh, he said he was scared of something because, you know, his his ex-wife or something got uh, eaten by one. So he was like, oh, I'm gonna write that down. 
Uh, so I love that kind of emergent gameplay. It's a little harder with 5th edition because there's so much hard-coded into it, right? There's all these abilities and tools and stuff that you already have. You don't go, well, maybe I was a blacksmith, and that's how I know this. Um, so it's a lot less, uh, lot less emergent than it could be. So what am I hoping to get out of this? Because uh, whenever I'm GMing something, I'm hoping to get something out of it, right? I'm looking, I'm looking to uh, to get either like satisfaction for me, satisfaction for the players, or introduce them to something new. Um, like my Zobat campaign was really about me tinkering with house rules. Um, my uh, campaign before that was about me creating um, a, uh, a a game world. Uh, based around, influenced by many of these other OSR products, not necessarily OSR, about these other setting products. I picked and choose things out of them and place them around my major continent and had those all influence them somehow. Um, you know, Curse of Strahd was, hey, I want to I play Ravenloft again. Um, but this campaign, I really, really want to like, I want to draw out that old school play, right? I, I want... I want my players to kind of get this dungeon crawl stuck in their head, right? And the, the systems that they're using for this dungeon crawl and the, um, the things that they're doing, right? Um, fifth edition's a lot more forgiving than um, OSR stuff. So I'm kind of starting them here and uh, hoping that in the future, we'll try something new, right? We'll, we'll try a different system. We'll try a simpler system. And maybe we'll jump into Barrow Maze. Or, actually, that's a bad idea because I bought Barrow Maze for 5th edition. <laughs> I should have been using that instead of converting Stonehill. Um, so, or, um, you know, any number of other dungeons that I have. You know, even, even if it's a small dungeon, right? We can start with uh, Temple of the Serpent King, right? That's, uh, that's another one that w we, can, we can reintroduce um, this this dungeon play with OSR and let them see how different it actually is. Maybe even convert them over to uh, an OSR style of gameplay. Um, yeah, I've got, uh, so if I'm looking at more mega dungeons, I think the two that stand out are Dwimmer Mount and, um, can't remember, I just said it, Barrow Maze. Um, Greg Gillespie, I think that's his name, also um, released, has two other um, Mega Dungeons that uh, are in a series of four that he planned on writing. So um, there, there may be some interest there. I don't know if I have them. I can dig around. I'm pretty sure I don't have them, though. At any rate, um, I also have Maze of the Blues and Medusa, which I've been aching to get to the table for a long, long time. Um, and one of the reasons is uh, because of Stonehell. The same reason as Stonehell, right? It's the, the playability at the table. And um, with Stonehell, if I had a physical copy of it, which I don't, I'm using a PDF, um, I feel like all I really would need is this book, right? If we were playing OSR, because all the monster stats are there. Um, it's really easy to just, you know, have the book and some dice. I don't need anything else I don't think um, beyond the system rules right and uh, with OSR those are so light that I, I barely would need those um, 
So I'm really excited to get into this a little more. Um, I am. Uh, so the two things I'm looking at deciding right now are what system am I going to move move to, um, and what dungeon am I going to move to. Um, I really think that either just swapping straight over straight over to um, an OSR rule set might be a way to do it. Um, if there is a uh, total party kill, I can just say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna try a different system now since everybody's dead. So we can try a different system and uh, go back to that, right? Um, this could be very cool. It could be very exciting, I think, to um, not just, you know, start with a new party, but start with a whole new system. Uh, barring something like that happening, I, I think it would be one of those, oh, these people can't play, so let's try using this rule set tonight, you know, because it's really easy, and we'll see where it goes from there. And then the next thing is what dungeon. And again, um, I have several, um, and it might be best to just start with Tomb of the Super Serpent King, right? And then put whatever dungeon I want them to go into at the end of that dungeon. Um, yeah, I'd really like to run Serpent King, I think. So I think that's where I'm going. And uh, I don't know what system I'm going to use, right? Um, Old School Essentials has a lot of um, a lot of praise. Also, um, I have Sword and Wizardry. Um, I have uh, Labyrinth Lord is free, so I have that. Um, I also uh, have Axe, which I know doesn't get a lot of good press, but um, that's mostly because of its creator. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly sure where I want to go with the system. Um, I want a system that more replicates maybe um, advanced Dungeons & Dragons than basic, but uh, I think... I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Advanced Labyrinth Lord um, may be the way I want to go. I think I want to do Classes Race. So um, I think that Advanced Labyrinth Lord may be my system of choice. Um, but I wouldn't mind something that was a little closer to First Edition. Uh, I think in, in order, I think it would be First Edition, Basic, Old School. Um, or not old school, but um, OD&D, original D&D. So, uh, yeah, if you've got, got suggestions for me, give a call in. And, uh, yeah, that's what I'm hoping this uh, leads to. That's all the nuggets we've got this week. Show notes available at slackernerds.com. Want to reach out? Send a voice message using the new link in my show notes, the Anchor FM app or website. Email me at my new email address, cockatrice-nuggets at gmail.com, and check out my blog at Slacker Nerds with links to my Patreon and all my other socials. Come join us on the Audio Dungeon Discord server linked in my show notes. This podcast is ranked via iTunes, so leave me a review and some stars there. Share it with your friends or shout it from the rooftops. However you want to get the word out is great with me. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.